It's the success line. This is the place where achievers come to get advice on how to solve business problems and unlock their true potential. Every week, a new listener of the show sits down with success coaching director Ben Fairfield to talk through a roadblock and learn a lesson. Now here he is, Ben Fairfield. Awesome. Maria, how are you? Very good. And you, Ben? Nice I'm to meet you. Nice to meet you. Great to have you on. Thank you so much uh, for being here. And uh, just tell me a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit about uh, about who you are. Well, my name is Maria, Maria Fernanda Diaz. I'm 33 years old. I'm from San Luis Potosí, Mexico. And I'm an industrial engineer and quit my job about two years ago as a project manager for following my dreams to start my own business. That's awesome. So that's a big step, quitting a job to, uh, to take a step and start, uh, start a business, become an entrepreneur. That's awesome. So what led you to, uh, to make that choice? What, what was big enough to make you take that leap? Well, I wasn't having a, this uh, self-fulfilling life. And um, both of my parents are doctors. So I was working as an engineer and I wasn't having this self-fulfilling life as, they, as I see they were having with their patients. And then one day I, um, I bought this magazine, Success Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. it. It is true. And it is the cover of 2016 with Sarah Blakely on it. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so I was I w- I bought the magazine and then in the magazine you have this CD with a with a interview record, and I put it in my car and I was driving uh, to I was driving to my to my work, and then um, I listened to her story and I was like, this is what I want to do. It was like the clouds open, wow. <laughs> the sky, uh, the light entered through the clouds, and I was like, this is what I want to do, and um, so I wanted also to create a product that helped the environment. And uh, yes, just uh, to have a more self-fulfilling life, to give it all that I have, all my heart, all my soul, and not just uh, work in a comfortable position where you receive your paycheck every 15 days or every month. I don't know. Yeah. So um, basically, it was thank you to that magazine that I started my business because I wasn't sure, like, I did like my job, but I didn't know, I I felt I was uh, a bit empty. And uh, so I, I, I said, like, I'm here for a mission, for a purpose in my life. And I want to give it all. So when I listened to that interview, I said, this is what I want to do. I want to create a product that creates an impact, but also make a better world. And um, so even though it sounds, it may sound a bit, a bit cheesy, it was like, I didn't want to die with my music inside, inside of me. Mm. Yeah. It's that, that fulfillment piece is so important, right? A lot of people go through life just trading time for money and uh, and they're not fulfilled. They don't enjoy it. They're not feeling like they're on purpose or or mission. So so tell us, if you will, what uh, you started this business, right? I'm assuming shortly thereafter. Uh, what is the business, and what was your your heart behind it? What what drew you to that specific business? Okay, so when I started, I say I want to do a business, but now let me think of a product. And uh, so what can I do? And I started to see different things, and then I came up with a compostable bags. Which uh, four years four years ago or three years ago I didn't even do compost at home or separate my wastes or anything that anything like that, and um, I I started to to do a lot of research regarding the compostable bags, uh, the difference between compostable bags, biodegradable bags, and plastic bags, and then I said I like this product, 
and um, and it can make a difference because it's not only the product that I'm that I'm that I want to sell. It's also the culture of separating the wastes. And uh, before you buy the product, you're going to be more aware of where it's, it's going to end. Mm. Okay. And so, because of that, all all the philosophy that uh, that is why I, I I went with the compostable bags. Okay, awesome. So when did you when did you officially launch? A year and a half ago. Okay. Okay. Let's say in the in the middle of the pandemic. It was June 2020. Okay. So, so you launch, uh, you've got, you've got, uh, an idea of what you wanted to do. You, you took this step, you quit your job, which is amazing. So kudos to you for having that faith and stepping out. So you, you jump into the world of entrepreneurship, you start the business. So, uh, fast forward to today and we're talking, what's, uh, what's bringing you here to the success line and, and what's the, the biggest thing we can unpack or talk through today that would help. Okay. So I have two main questions for you that I hope you can help me. The first one is how can I attract more people slash retail stores to my brand when there are so many cheaper options? Even though they're not as eco-friendly, but um, they will solve their problems. Okay. That's uh, question number one. And then I have a second one, which is what should be my strategy for increasing my sales when the competition has much more capital to invest in their ads? Mm. Mm. Okay. So, so let's take these one at a time if you're good with that. So uh, the first one is one that we get a lot, right? Uh, different, not your business, but, but it's something that I think a lot of the listeners either have or will uh, in the future relate to because they're going to experience it. So, so you've got a product, uh, you've got a lot of passion behind it, you launched a business, uh, and you're competing with other people doing similar things. Doesn't sound like the exact same, but similar things, offering similar products, and they're offering them at a lower price. Is that correct? That's correct. So, uh, so what have you what have you found there in terms of being a business owner? If you put that business owner hat on, uh, what's been the biggest obstacle in terms of competing with people who can can do it for less? What do you see from the the business owner standpoint that's that's holding you back there the most? Hmm. I guess it would be. Okay, repeat that question again, please. So, so you've got competitors offering your product or a similar product at a lower price. Yeah. How is that directly impacting you? How's that having an effect on you? What are you seeing uh, show up as a result? Are you losing sales? Are you not getting appointments to, to talk to people about sales? Yes, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, losing, I'm losing sales because they're offering the, the same product with same certifications that say that the product is compostable and uh, will do the same as mine. Okay. And so they're saying, we've, we've got the same thing. We can do it for less. We can sell it to you, store exactly. or consumer for less. All right. Yeah, so, so are they the same product? Yes, they basically are the same product. Okay. So what's the difference then? What do you see being the di biggest difference between those companies that are offering your product or a similar product for less and your company? What makes you stand out? The design, the quality, and also that... Um, the, the philosophy be behind the product. Okay, so tell me about the philosophy. What do you mean by that? Because that's where I want to unpack a little bit. Okay, so by that I mean changing your, um, being more aware about your wastes, um, separating your garbage, and um, knowing that when you buy plastic versus when you buy compostable, you're not paying more for compostable, you're paying more for not 
increasing the carbon dioxide that goes to the atmosphere. Like you're, you're uh, reducing the waste. You're paying for not uh, polluting the, the environment. Sure. So it's, it's, it's bigger than a bag, correct? Exactly. So, so here's what I want to dive into a little bit here, if, if you're good with this. So uh, we have two approaches, right? And this is, this is a really common thing for startup businesses, smaller entrepreneurs competing with big supply chain players. People have been around for a long time. Okay. Uh, the, the competition on the face of price or cost alone is a losing battle. Somebody told me a long time ago, Maria, that people are always willing to go out of business faster than you are meaning they're always willing to cut the price further to edge you out. So, so we know that it's not a sustainable battle. We're, we're not going to be able to do a frontal assault and, and challenge our competitors on price just because of the situation. Would you agree with that? Like you're probably not going to get your pricing down to be able to, to meet theirs. Is that a fair assumption? Yes. Okay, so if we can't, we can't take them on there, if we can't take that battle there, where could we differentiate ourselves in, and challenge them a bit? In educating people about uh, global warmth, uh, in uh, separating wastes, in uh, how can they improve their actions every time they go to the grocery shop? Absolutely. It's the heart, right, Maria? So I could tell in a, in a short time talking with you that you are passionate about this product. And it's not just because you want to make money. It's because you believe in what the product will do, right? Bigger picture, like the, the heart behind the mission of your company uh, is bigger than just selling a product. Now, what we know oftentimes about these companies that compete on price is that they don't have genu genuinely the same heart or the mission or the purpose that someone like you does. They're looking at the bottom line and wanting to sell mass quantities because they're wanting to make their, their money by selling large volumes or quantities of the product. You, however, are, are wanting to sell what it sounds like to me. You're wanting to sell a product because of the good it will do. And you, you have a strong connection with that mission. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yes, correct. So if we can't attack them on price, what I would suggest we absolutely have to do is we have to bring our mission and our passion and our purpose to the forefront at a much bigger level. And let me give you an example. Have you heard of Tom's Shoes? Yes, so Tom's does not sell the cheapest shoes. Would you agree with that? Like I can get, I can find shoes cheaper somewhere else. Yes, I agree with that. So, so they don't sell the cheapest product. And quite honestly, and I know I'm probably going to get some people like telling me that, that I'm a bad guy for saying this. I don't even like the way the Tom's shoes look. However, <laughs> people buy Tom's shoes for a reason. It's not price. What do you think it is? Commission. Purpose. Because they donate a third of their profits a third of their profits they donate to the missions and the purposes that they believe in. So now people are buying this product, not just because it's a product, not because it's the right price product or it's the lowest price product, but they're believing and buying the product because they believe in the mission that the company stands for. Okay, I see. Have you read the book, uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek? Yes, I did. Okay, so, so that's really where this is going, right? So what I would suggest, because we know we're not going to likely be able to compete on price at this stage in the game, we have to get real clarity with you, and by we, I mean you. You have to get extreme clarity as, as to who this company is. Why, why are we on mission? What are we wanting to accomplish by when? And then I need to take that message out to the world because there are, are tons of examples. Tom's is just simply one that people will pay more for something if they're bought into the mission and the vision of the organization selling it. Okay. Okay. I see that. So price isn't, isn't something we can compete with now. So, so for this first question, 
Um, I don't know as, as it's going to be anything other than you gaining extreme clarity and then attracting the tribe, finding others on the same mission you are, finding others that feel as passionately about this stuff as you do. Because those people will, they'll show up, they'll support companies that are in alignment with their beliefs, their missions, their vision, and their values. So it's not about finding customers who want a cheaper product. It's about finding customers who believe the same things you believe. Because what I also know is that the customers you attract by being the low-priced leader will leave you for a lower-priced leader, right? So Tom's has a loyal following of people who are, are purchasing and doing business with them because of mission, beliefs, vision, and values. They're not doing business with them on price. And so these customers are likely very loyal, and they're probably very long-term. Okay. The people that play the price game, they have clients that come and go because as soon as you get your pricing to a certain level, there's always somebody that's willing to come alongside and compete with you directly on price, which is the easiest way to compete, but it's also uh, the most difficult to sustain. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Yes, it makes sense. So what are, you, what are you thinking? Before we jump into the second, what are your thoughts there? Like, what do you see? How do we practically apply that after today's call? Like, how do you see this working into your, your plan going forward? Well, I see this as uh, I can use the social media to explain better how the product works, how does it dis disintegrates through after six months, because uh, also show videos, explain to people more educational um, posts in social media. And also I see like uh, this way that the going through the mission, passion and purpose is a slower way to go. But I think it will be sustainable at long term. Whereas the other one is going in this, the cheapest uh, product, it will kick me out of the, I will be bankruptcy after yes. a couple of years. Because as yes. you say, people will choose the, always a cheaper product, always a cheaper product, and there's no engagement. For the right. Customer. And think about how you and I shop, Maria. We, when we shop for something, if we have no connection to the product or the mission of the company providing the product, if it's just buying a widget, a thing, then we shop on price, right? And that's human nature and always will be. Uh, however, what, what you're wanting to do is, is build something bigger than just a, a sales organization. You're wanting to build something that leaves an impact uh, in the causes that you believe in. And so that, that pathway or the runway, if you will, it's always longer going this route, going the route of attracting your tribe, finding your tribe of people that are on the same mission or a similar mission that you are, people that are passionate about what you're wanting to accomplish, you're, they, they agree with and want to make the same impact on the world that you do, that's always going to take longer to your point. And it's always more sustainable. So, so I think that's absolutely key. What else could you do? Um, well, reach out. Uh... To the most people, I can, I, I can, I mean. So do you know, Maria, when you've gone through your, your business setup, do you have clarity as to who your ideal customer is? We call it an avatar, like who is the end user of your product? Not just that they need the product, but that they need it and they're on the same mission or believe the same things you do. Do you have clarity with your audience at that level? Yes, I do. So where, where did they spend their time? How would you reach them? They like to spend their time in outdoors, walking with their dogs. Mm. Yes, basically. So I would challenge you after the call to go back through and say, okay, who is like more clearly defined at a deeper level than you already have? Yeah. What are they, where do they, when they wake up, what do they think? 
When they leave the house, where do they go? What do they buy? What do they experience? What do they do in their free time? Because the more clarity you have in those areas around your end user, again, you don't need the world. You need a a fraction of the world's population. You don't need everybody. You just need enough people that are on the same path that you're on. And then you just need to reach those people. So, so it comes down, we were having this conversation with another client recently about the whole, the idea of niching down to a very specific subset of people versus being this broad general approach, this shotgun approach, if you will, to the world. Uh, and again, just like competing on price from a, a company standpoint, niching down, getting extreme clarity, knowing who it is you're going after, who is your ideal candidate Definitely. or customer, everything else changes at that point. Because now your messaging connects with the right people. It's going to be a smaller number of people, but it's going to connect more deeply with those people. You talked about social media. 100% people love video. They love the authentic nature of video in Facebook and Instagram lives and stories, getting to know you, hearing your passion, your purpose. It's not just a website, but there's a person, a real person behind this that has a heart to make change, to do good. And by supporting this product, I'm supporting that person and this mission. Do you see how this all ties together? Yes. Yes. So, so that's the, the first one. Well, let's, let's dive into the second because they do correlate and, and we'll, we'll come up with them together as well. But what was the second one? Can you re- repeat that for everyone? Yes. The second question is, what should be my strategy for increasing my sales when the competition has much more capital to invest in their ads? Absolutely. So, so I think of uh, in the States, uh, we have Walmart, right? And, and Walmart, uh, their whole MO, very similar to this, they would come into an organization or, a, excuse me, a community, and they would have low prices. They drive out the local competition, and then over time, the prices would inch back up, right? Because they had the staying power. They had the capital to survive taking that hit. They could wait out the competition. And so what I'm hearing you ask is, if I don't have those means, if I don't have that ability to, to have the capital to wait out everyone else, um, how do I compete? So, uh, so I want to ask you a question in regards to this. Again, if, if we know that, that we want to reach more people, um, are you on social media, I'm assuming? Yes. So when somebody says something goes viral, what makes it go viral or widespread or shared? What, what do you think is behind something like that, regardless of what the topic is? It creates an emotion. So, Maria, I'd have you write this down. Logic makes people think. Emotion makes people act. So a lot of times, entrepreneurs, we do a lot of work, and we're, we're really excited and passionate, and we, we can have the best-looking website and the best sales copy, and we can have all this stuff done and, and ready, and, and oftentimes, it's, it's a lot of logic-based information. Logic makes all of us as human beings think. It does not make us act. Emotion, feeling something, is what makes us take a step. It's what makes us act. Okay. So my, my challenge to you is... What kind of emotion could we reach out with and connect with our target audience? Again, that's the first part is you have to identify it with extreme clarity. Who am I selling to? Who is this going to resonate with at the deepest level? Then the second part of your question is, now all of my sales copy, my messaging, my videos, my advertising, all of it, you have to do an audit and look at what I'm doing right now. Is it logic-based or is it emotion-based? Am I telling them facts and things or am I making them feel something? Do you see the difference? Yes, yes. So based, I I don't know your website. I've not looked at your materials. So your thoughts, just as you're thinking through it as we're talking through this, 
Are you using more logic-based or more, more emotion-based in your marketing copy? Uh, I try to use both, actually. Okay. I use both. Like, okay. sometimes I would go with a motivational phrase, and then uh, I would, uh, then another, in another post, I would say the difference between uh, compostable and, bi and biodegradable. And then, uh, yes, I mix both of them. Okay. So what kind of results are you seeing and, and what type of advertising are you doing currently? Well, I see people like more when it's about poppies. <laughs> because I have a, I have compostable poop back. So um, people feel more connected or engaged when they see poppies. Okay. So you're, you're seeing that you're seeing that consistently though, like over time when you're putting out content, you get more engagement when it's a, a, a yes. dog or a cat. Yes. Okay. All right. What else are you seeing? What other observations are you making based on, on what you're putting out and, and how frequently where like all, all the things, what are you, where are you putting content out and what engagement are you seeing? Also, they like a lot to see when I post the difference uh, after a six months uh, plastic bag versus a six months compostable bags underneath the ground. And the difference where you see the particles versus the whole bag complete after six months that nothing happened to it. So they're like amazed by that. That also attracts people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And are you doing any paid advertising through social or, or online? Yes, I am doing both. Yes. Okay. And what kind of results are you seeing there from a cost per lead standpoint? Well, that, that that's the main reason why I did this this question because I mean, even though I pay for um, for I don't know Google Ads or Facebook and Instagram ads, there's always a competition that pays much more than me. Sure. So if you type my name on Google, the competition, even though you put my exact name, sure. the competition will prompt prompt on top on top of me. Sure. Sure. So, so again, uh, I'm going to come back to this because we, we, uh, we've gone through this with other businesses as well that, that we've helped. Uh, most of those competitions, this, the big competitors you're talking about that are probably competing on price, that, that are out there doing the social media advertising, they're all, we're all fighting for the same eyeballs, right? Yeah. What we know is that they're likely taking a more broad approach. Yes. They're not going through the exercise like I'm suggesting you go through and really come down to the, the, the furthest, deepest level possible of who is my avatar. Not who needs a compostable bag, but who needs mine. And who would want to okay. buy mine because of our mission? Who's going to align that way? Uh, what you're going to find is when you go through that exercise, not only are you going to resonate more deeply with people, your ad costs are going to go down because you can get very specific in your, your Facebook ad manager um, for, for Instagram and Facebook, your Google AdWords, the same thing. You can narrow down so deeply, so finely focused into who the people you're looking for are that there's less competition because it's not the general approach. It always costs us more when we're doing this general approach, whether it's pay-per-click marketing, social media, or just general marketing. When we can niche down, get very clear with who it is that's going to resonate with what it is we're doing, why we're here, what we stand for, uh, not only are we going to connect with more people, but our ad costs are going to go down in the process because it's a more specific target for the advertising uh, technology. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. So all that being said, uh, we're, I, I'm suggesting that, that we get extreme clarity uh, on who our, our who is. Also going back and, and you taking some time and getting extreme clarity over the why behind your business, right? Making sure that that why, that everyone that, that even has a clue of what your business is knows the why, right? I brought up Tom's 
you knew Tom's that fast, right? I don't, I've never bought a pair of Tom's shoes, but I know them because of this approach. So, so finding your own way in that, on that path of making sure that the world knows your mission, the world knows why you're here, the world knows what it is you're wanting to accomplish. And most importantly, the fact that they can help you get there faster. We all as human beings want to be a part of change. We want to be a part of something bigger. That's how we were created, right? So, so your opportunity in this is to have your business show them a way that they can be a part of a movement, be a part of something bigger uh, in something as simple as buying your compostable bag versus the competitions. Okay, I see it. So what do you, that's a lot. That's a lot that we've gone through uh, in, a, in a short amount of time. So tell me what you're thinking, good, bad, and ugly. What are you processing, thinking through? Uh, what, are, what are we going to actually do with, with what we've talked about? Well, I've actually read the book of Simon Sinek, Start With a Why. And then I did the exercise. And then he has this practical book where you go question by question. So I did it all the work. Now I think I have to do it again to find out my true, well, not the why, but now I have to do ex the exercise again to find my, my avatar. Because I thought I knew it. Well, as you said, perhaps my, my, my marketing online is being uh, very abroad and I need to be more narrow. And I need to narrow it so I can find the people, my tribe, that would like my product and stay with me no matter if there is another option. Absolutely. People will always pay a premium for something they believe in, right? So, so we've got to narrow down to who those people are. Again, I don't need everyone in the world. We just need a small subset of people that feel the same way you do. But we have to be able to message to those people once we find them why we're here, what we're wanting to accomplish, the impact we're wanting to make, and how they can be a part of that process. Yes. Also, I see that I need to show more because in the social media, in the, in the social media, I don't appear. It's only the product. And uh, I, mean, I may have another people that are my tribe because I have like this part where I put the tribe. And, yep. uh, but I never appear. However, um, I do see that I need to be more emphasis, to put more emphasis in uh, showing the people my mission and the purpose of the brand. People will buy you. Maria, I want you to, to be clear. That's why Tom's is called Tom's. People will buy you, right? Again, like your competitors, I don't know who they are, but my, my, my bet would be that your competitors are big companies. They're not a person. Exactly. Now, especially coming out of the COVID stuff or however you want to look at that, but coming out of last year where it was really restrictive and there was a lot of uncertainty, people crave authentic, genuine human contact and relationship. People will identify with a company that has a face versus a company that has a boardroom. And that's an advantage you have that they can never come back to because they've already passed that point. Okay. So I can't encourage you enough to start being the face of your company, start communicating with people your heart behind this, what you want to accomplish, why this is so important to you, and you will start attracting people who are on the same journey in the path you are. Okay. I'm a, I'm a bit shy, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's okay. Again, think about it this way too. YouTube is the world's second largest search engine, and it's full of non-polished amateur content. People crave authenticity more than perfection. So don't worry about getting it just right. Don't worry about having perfect audio, perfect video, anything. People will buy you. They're not going to buy the quality of your video. They're going to buy you. They're going to buy your heart, your passion, your purpose. They're going to connect with that. 
Um, and, and all of a sudden now you're, you're going to begin to build this tribe bigger and bigger. And what we know is as tribes get built with like-minded people on the same mission and purpose, they begin to start bringing other people along with them on the journey. Have you seen that to be true? Yes. So, so I guess the last point for me would be um, all of this, what we talked about is, is 100% important. It's something that's applicable to every entrepreneur that I've, I've ever worked with. The, the bonus piece or the icing on the cake, I would say, is um, we have to be having some place, whether it's, I don't care what it is, whether it's a Facebook group or an email newsletter, but we need some place where we can begin to build a community of people that are like-minded. So it's one thing for you to do the advertising and get your message out to people, have them buy the product. But my guess is compostable bags will not be the only product you offer. And it's significantly less expensive to sell to an existing customer than it is to attract and sell to a new one. And so my question may be um, hypothetical a bit at this point, but, but be thinking about what place am I driving all these people to to create a community of like-minded, like-missioned people? Right. So a community of your brand, your company, where these people can come together, where it's not just sales all the time, but they can interact with each other. They can share common causes. They can share opportunities to to contribute and give back. You can share videos, updating them on things you're learning and, and how you're growing in the process and what you're discovering. And at the same time, now you have a community where you can introduce new products in ways that they can continue to be on this mission with you and your company. Do you have an example of uh, uh, creating community? Yeah, so, and it doesn't, doesn't mean it's the only way, uh, but for a couple of the businesses that we're building right now, um, everything we do is, is on multiple platforms, right? I'm sure just like you, like we're just trying to get nets out in as many places as possible. And uh, we created, like in our case, a, a private Facebook group that to get into, you have to be, you have to request access or we have to add you. But in that group now, we have a bunch of like-minded people. For instance, like ours is co our coaches. We certify business coaches. So they get access to this group. And so now in between times that we have training or calls, they're interacting with each other. And so now we've created a community where people can come up with new ideas, bounce ideas off of each other, critique ideas, pitch new ideas, share experience, share causes, and then we can, as the company, communicate back with those people to help nurture them, stay in relationship with them, and then offer them other options uh, to buy and to better themselves along the way. Okay, I get it. So you could do however you choose, but the point is we, we need or should be, as you're, as you're going to a lot of effort, you're doing a lot of really good things, However, if we're not putting them into a certain place, if we're not, if we're not putting our arms around them, because they're coming from multiple different venues, if we're not having one spot where we can have, reach our arms all the way around them and give them some love here and there, uh, then we're missing, we're missing the point. We're, we're missing an opportunity to help build a higher affinity for your brand and your mission uh, than we could be if we leave them in all these scattered different places where we found them. Okay. Then you also have the opportunity at that point to provide extra content, bonus content for these folks, giving them things that outsiders, quote unquote, don't have, right? You have to be in your community to get access to this. And this is where you could bring on guests who are experts in climate change, who are experts in compostable bags, like you'd be experts in whatever topic you are passionate about, because if we do it right, they're passionate about the same things. And now you can interview experts once a month or once a quarter in that group 
giving that group access to information and training that they wouldn't get outside. Now, all of a sudden, you've created a community that's bigger than just one product. I see. Awesome. That sounds great. I like it. Love it. All right, anything else we're missing? No. No. Those two were the main questions that I had for you. All right. So we've talked a lot about what we could do. Um, really quickly, if you're just in bullet point style, because that's how it's going to get done, what are you going to commit to doing? Like out of everything we talked about, you could do what's, what's going to happen without a doubt. Well, first of all, once again, the define again, the avatar, the avatar, and then, um, go, go again and review what are the posts that are create more emotions in my Yes, see the post that creates more emotions and try to repeat them. And also try to create this community. I mean, when once you, when, when, for example, me, I'm starting the business, you always want to go big, right? You want to go to the retail stores, you want to be everywhere. And then there's people that are, that have been already in the retail, in the retail stores that I have spoken to. And they're like, you're going to, you're going to broke, you're going to broke your business because you're not that sustainable. So try to, to, as you say, focus on your, your, on your people, start small, start uh, building your tribe. And once you're solid in there, you can go to the next level. So now that you're talking about creating community, I can, um, on Sundays, I can start doing like dog walks and offering free bags for their dogs. And um, yeah, I can do that right away. And also start my Facebook group and start interviewing people that knows about global warmth or or things around it, around the subject. I love it. I love it. I think and, you are. Um, and also the part about putting my face on social media. So I'll, <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait a little bit for that. <laughs> well, I don't mean, wait. I, don't wait I, too long because you you are a wonderful person. You're a bright light. You've got tons of passion about what it is you're doing, and that absolutely will come through on the screen whenever you decide that you're ready for that. Yes. Yes, I'll do that. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Ben. Maria, thank you so much for being on with us today. I trust that it helped. Uh, and definitely uh, keep me in the loop as we go forward. Ben at success.com. I want to hear how it goes. And I want to see uh, what big things you accomplish because I know you're just on the front end of a really exciting journey. Thank you, Ben, for all your, your time and knowledge. Absolutely. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. What a good conversation with Maria. Now, here, here are my thoughts, uh, looking back through my notes from our, our conversation. Here, here's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing uh, that as an entrepreneur or a business owner, you've felt similar challenges that Maria shared. You know that competing on price is not sustainable. And when you, you get to the point of deciding that you are no longer going to attempt to compete on price alone, your world opens up. And here's why I say that. There is always somebody willing to go out of business faster than you are, like I shared with Maria. Here's what we also know. Cost is only an issue in the absence of value. So instead of worrying about how do I compete with somebody that's willing to do what I do or sell what I sell for less money, how about we ask ourselves the question, what additional value could I provide them when they buy my product that they aren't going to get with the competitors? 
What we know is logic makes people think, emotion makes people act. It's not about getting to everyone. It's about finding the people that connect with you, your product, and your service on a deep emotional level. Understanding that they are on a similar path, they believe similar things, they want the same outcome or a similar outcome. When you find those people and you begin to accumulate your community or your tribe, all of a sudden price is irrelevant. Don't get pulled into the competition on price trap. Get very clear with why is my business here? What am I wanting to accomplish? What's my purpose? What's my why? When you get clear there, you can use that information to back into who then are my ideal customers? Who's my target avatar? Because when we get extreme clarity there and we niche all the way down as far as we can to those people, all of a sudden your business changes. It's been said before that the riches are in the niches. And even more so today, if you're a small business like Maria trying to compete with big companies offering the same or similar product at a low price, and they have what seems like unlimited resources for advertising spend, the riches for you will be in the niches. Find out who you are. Find out then who will identify with who you are and the mission you're on. Bring them together in a community and watch what happens to your business. That's it for this episode of The Success Line. Be sure to follow me on social media and come back here every week as we dive in with more entrepreneurs. We'll see you then. If you're interested in receiving free coaching on a future episode, go to success.com slash success line guest. This has been a success podcast. Head over to success.com slash podcasts to hear more just like it.